You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Nate Ryan with NBC Sports. I appreciate you very much being on the show. Lots We haven't raced on the track in weeks and weeks and weeks. Seems like the news gets bigger um, every week, even without track action. Uh, we're going racing very soon. Lots of news coming out here with IndyCar, NASCAR, other uh, racing series is starting to get a plan put in place. But I want to talk, um, start off talking today about an article you put out on Thursday of last week, and it had to do with extreme esports or or an e-series where it's electronic cars uh chip ganassi racing is going to get into the foray it sounds like from the article and i found it unbelievably interesting on many fronts uh one of them being the fact that they already were planning this thing uh, without fans but number two these are pretty high-end machines that are all electronic the entire series is trying to be um, climate-friendly and earth-friendly and all that kind of stuff. And I, I thought it was just amazing that somebody's actually going to do this. Uh, and it almost sounded like a, like a movie script, like, like a, <laughs> instead of something that was in real life, the way you described it. But could you talk a little bit to let everybody know exactly what this series is all about, how it formulated, and, and what got Chip Ganassi interested in it? Yeah, sure, Dad. I mean, I had the exact same reaction. Like, uh, I got pitched on this um, <laughs> on uh, the I think the day before I wrote this story. I released email came in and hey, Chip Ganassi Racing is joining um, uh, Formula. Well, I have to get this right. It's because um, I, I screwed this, I screwed this up about uh, uh, literally five dozen times. It's uh, Extreme E Series. Okay, now, it's funny. I refer to it as exotic E uh, throughout my transcription and throughout my story, and I've never even seen Tiger King. But I kept calling it exotic E. It is an extreme E, and thankfully I, I fixed all the references, and it was extreme E, except for one. Like the, one of the Ganassi PR guys said, hey, you, you referred to it as exotic E once in your story. I was like, oh, sorry. So apologies for that long preamble. That's unlike me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was fascinated by this, and you, you hit it well in saying it's like a movie. Like it's so much like a movie, they're going to have a Netflix-style documentary being made around it by an yeah. Academy Award-winning filmmaker who's produced other documentaries that are all about, by the way, environmentally conscious topics. And that's yeah. the hook of this series. They're going to take these electric racing um, uh, battery-powered uh, SUVs to five locations around the globe. And like, maybe the reason I kept saying exotic is that they're exotic locations. Yeah. It's, they're going to yeah. Senegal, Nepal, um, Greenland, mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, Brazil. And the idea is, the conceit is, they want to go to all these places where real climate change is happening and impacting the earth, and they want to raise uh, uh, awareness, be socially and environmentally conscious. Obviously, it has a lot of youth appeal uh, from that regard, and, and that they want to go to these really far-flung areas and, and show people, hey, we're going to race in these places, but we also want you to know that um, things aren't so good uh, with, with the way the, the weather is changing on this planet, and, and here's what we think you should know about it. And they're taking it so seriously, though, that they're, they're going to transport <laughs> the teams. I, I, it's my understanding I think there's going to be 12 
teams, and they're going to mm-hmm. transport them on like a retrofitted ocean liner um, from location to location over the 200 days that they're doing this next year. And they're not using airplane travel because that the carbon footprint's like 33% bigger than if they travel by boat. Um, so what, what struck me about all this is Chip Ganassi, <laughs> I would describe as a no-nonsense, sometimes gruff guy. I mean, I've been in his hospitality area at IndyCar, and um, the news programming I see uh, in his hospitality uh, areas uh, often isn't tuned to, like, climate change-friendly uh, yeah. commentaries. And, and he's a conservative dude. And yeah. so that that struck me. And, um, I, you know, I, I was just curious as to, like, what, what was the hook here? What got him involved? But he is attuned to this topic. And, uh, like, he is – I wouldn't call him an environmentalist, but this is something – and he has a young daughter. He understands this is a big deal for youth. Yep. And for him, he has been preaching – for a decade that motorsports needs to stop chasing uh, what the big trends are and start setting what the trends are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, pr- particularly as it comes to automakers and innovation. And, you know, Chip Ganassi is very much an IndyCar guy. And if you go back to Indianapolis 500 in the 60s, it was essentially a test bed for what Detroit was putting out in passenger cars and street cars. And yeah. They obviously got away from that for myriad reasons over the last 20 or 30 years. Well, Chip Ganassi thinks it needs to go back in that direction, and he looks at this series and sees all the automakers talking about in 10 years there's going to be a lot of electrification in cars. NASCAR is talking about that. IMSA is doing it with their sports cars. And I think Chip sees this series and says, hey, all of that, plus I'm sort of on board with the, the way they view the environment and the, we, we have to take better care of, of things and be more aware like, he sees all of that as a big win and a big fit for his team. So that's why Chip Ganassi Racing is going to be involved in, um, uh, and I'm about to screw it up again, not exotic E. Creamy. <laughs> Creamy, yeah. And Andrew well, Auto Sport, by the way, also getting involved, another IndyCar team. So there, there no, you have it. I didn't know that. Well, listen, that's a, basically you summed up your article very well. But I, knowing Chip Ganassi, I was born in Pittsburgh. I have family in Pittsburgh. Right. Knowing you know what I'm talking about? Ganassi, yeah. It just seems it's befuddling to me, to use a Nate Ryan word, that that <laughs> of all the guys in the garage, like Chip Ganassi right. is. I mean, I I just. And, but it, it, I read the article, and and uh, three of the things that struck out to me immediately was the age of the of the people basically running the series, and and when you just, you just said something right there that I wrote down stop chasing trends and start creating them. It sounds to me like the people you described in your article are creating trends. They're not, they're not, right. you know, trying to recreate the wheel or anything like that. They're creating something new. And, and, and I think it's, I mean, it sounds unbelievably interesting, but you said that all the places they are going, I can't pronounce them, but the cars, you know, Senegal, <laughs> Saudi Arabia, they all look, they sound like places I would love to play like um, Call of Duty or something like yeah. that. You know, and and the ship, I think it was called um, uh, St. Helena or something. That's a floating yep. garage is what they're, they're calling it. And the reason that they're picked to these locations is because they can travel by boat which is 30% less for the carbon footprint. And I'm like, damn, these guys are – but the big thing about it is this is in a post-pandemic world, and, I, right. and I'm reading directly from you, um, the Extreme E already was planning to race without fans as a TV-only event, 
likely to be on Fox. Uh, um, uh, you, you interviewed um, a hole from um, um, uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, correct? Right, yep. He's yeah. their IndyCar managing director, yep. And so, and and also the Netflix series, and I was like, this this literally sounds too good to be true. And, and as I read the article farther, I mean, the cars look pretty badass. They got 3,600-pound electric SUVs at peak with 400 kilowatts, which translates to 550 horsepower. Uh, battery operated, they go from zero to 60 in less than five seconds, and they can use their own bodies. They can use, you know, series bodies. It sounds to me like with where they're going and the locations that they're going, that it's going to be pretty fun to watch, at least interesting. i got to ask you, though, is I, it can't be cheap to put on a series like this and that sort of thing. Are they – I mean, are they projecting to really get out there and get after it? Is, is there – and I know this article yeah. is very fresh. Is it yeah. viable? Is it still going to go? Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a, they're great questions, Dado. I mean, certainly I hope that this comes off well, despite all of the current climate and, and environment that we're in. And, uh, yeah, like uh, Hull, as you read in there, was very impressed with um, the way the, these guys are trendsetters. I mean, you mm-hmm. know – Steve Otart, NASCAR NBC analyst that you know well, I mean, one of the things he says all the time that I love hearing him say is um, you got to skate to where the puck is going to be, not to, not to where the puck is. And yeah. I, I think that that's kind of what they're doing. But, yeah, I mean, naturally I have uh, – I'm supposed to have it as a journalist, uh, an inherent skepticism ab- about things. And sure. um, it's it sounds – I agree with you. Like, in some ways it's like, can this really be true? It sounds too good to be true. Like, I, I really, really hope it happens because I want to see it. But I've heard of other series announce grandiose plans, and they don't come through. Yeah. I, but I'll only add a couple of caveats. One is that the guy who started this, who there's a link to the, in the story to uh, a conversation between this guy, whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Uh, he, he and Chip Ganassi have a conversation on YouTube. The, the guy who started this, Extreme E, also started Formula E. And Formula gotcha. E has been, been around for, what, four or five years now? Yes. And it's essentially like the Formula One version of electric cars. And yeah. it's like it's like watching electric indie cars or Formula One cars on courses, and and that seems to be successful, and it's doing well, and it has you know Parker Kligerman, your buddy, um, mm-hmm. has been 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 to some of those races, NASCAR NBC analyst, and he has told me that like the manufacturer involvement in Formula E is is nuts, it's off the charts, like they figured out a way again because they're trendsetters, this yeah. is the way to pump money in get auto manufacturers in, uh, invested in something that they see as the future, and it could be like spinoffs and like telling people, hey, we're going to market this because this is what you're going to be driving someday. You're gonna, you can watch it being raced now. So all of that is encouraging. I, I think there's a, there's a solid platform. Now, um, this is not in the story. I'm going to have a couple more nuggets um, coming out that people can, can check out in future uh, NBCSports.com coverage. But Hull did say that Ganassi is going to need sponsors. Yeah. Um, I didn't ask budget-wise how much sure. it's going to be. He said they're only going to have to hire six people, yeah. but they're going to they're going to need some sponsors to pay for the car. Um, they are, but he thought like we should be able to get sponsors we've never gotten before because yeah. obviously we're not just racing NASCAR, IndyCar, or sports cars. This is something completely different. Hopefully, it can take them to a different world. And they, he also mentioned mentioned manufacturer alignment and that they'd yeah. already talked to one manufacturer and they seem very confident that they're going to be able to align with a manufacturer and maybe pick up a couple of sponsors. And hopefully, again, all of this comes off and we get to see this 
spectacle on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu sometime yeah. next year because it'd be it'd be fun to watch. Let me let me follow up with a with a few questions here with with some of the things you just said. The literally the most interesting thing to me about this entire article is the fact that this a gender equality series as well. There's a, a two laps. They're going to have to do two laps, one by a male driver, one by a female driver, which I thought was, I mean, in 2020, it seems, it, it seems, it, it seems like we should have done this before, but, it, but it's also so very weird um, to have yeah. this kind of a rule. And, and I looked at, you have a, a link in your article where you can look at some of the people who have registered for the series, because uh, and, and I want to bring up Doug Ducart in just a second, but so, and I looked through these the the pictures. I don't know any of these people, but Nelson PK Jr. Okay, I know that okay. name. But when I look yep. at all these people that are there, um, they're wearing monster gear. They are wearing Red Bull gear. I mean, they are wearing um, uh, gear from all over the world. Th- these are well-recognized drivers around the world. I don't know any of them because I don't know. I don't follow that kind of sport, but I, I got to believe that finding the talent to do this is going to be a difficult task as well. And, and Doug Ducart, uh, you know, I, I, he, I, he, his, his, the way he exited um, Hendrick still baffles me. Um, I just, I, and I, and I know he's done a very good job since he's been over there at, at Chip Ganassi racing, but, can you talk about how they're going to try to find a couple people to go drive this? I mean, it's got to be a pretty tedious process, I would imagine. Yeah, well, um, a whole, I think Ganassi said it, too, in that interview I mentioned with the, uh, with the Extreme E founder and Formula E founder. Uh, he, he said that they've, talked, they've got some candidates. They've talked to some people. Hull said that you know, they'd be looking at people who race on two- and four-wheels on really difficult terrain, you know, motorcycle riders tend to start out that way in like motocross and then some of them yeah. move on to rally um and then there's also a motorcycle class in the dakar rally so uh, like yeah a lot of those names that you saw on that page i think a lot of them were rally drivers um yeah. you mentioned pk jr people would know him um a couple of the women uh simona de silvestro and Catherine leg um, mm. both raced in indycar and also yep. uh Catherine leg also is a, an accomplished um sports car driver and she's raced nascar so they, they, I think there'll be a pretty good talent pool, and it, it might be like a bunch of drivers. Like they might not be name drivers, but like yeah. fringe people who yeah. might actually have a lot of talent, but just didn't get the the right couple of breaks they needed to yeah. make it in the big time. Um, so there, uh, there there could be an opportunity on that side too. So I don't think they'll have trouble. And like you mentioned, I mean, Ducart. I mean, not only did he work at uh, Hendrick before Ganassi, but he also worked at General Motors for more than a decade, and gotcha. obviously you know, Ganassi's well-connected through IMSA yeah. and IndyCar, NASCAR. And they, they, they were, Andretti is a really good team, too, for this, because they're not in NASCAR, but they're across various series. Sure. Both of these two U.S.-based teams that are in, getting involved in the series have a lot of tentacles that sort of reach out across racing. Um, uh, a few quick nuggets here that you do mention in the article. Um, having guys who start out on two wheels – um, is not a bad deal. Jimmy Johnson started out with two wheels, and and uh, Robbie Gordon did also. Um, but if I was going to pick, so everything you just mentioned here about uh, Doug Ducard and his background and and all that, if I was going to pick one team in the Cup garage, it would have been Penske that would have done something yeah. like this to find out if yeah. Chip Ganassi Racing is actually kind of exciting. <laughs> 
because um, yeah. it just it I like the way they're approaching it. I like the way that you know they they're thinking about it and their thought process and it's just a I'm really excited and looking forward to it and it's one of those things where I think it's got to you know back in the um, uh, mutual of Omaha you know back when they back in the <laughs> 70s when they used to go do weird stuff like that or you know a wide world of sports when they would show you goofy things this is just goofy enough but also seems like it's going to be a pretty tough little pretty tough ride I, this is the kind of thing that actually might work and and i certainly hope they um uh, they pull it off and the fact that you know kip ganassi mentions you know he's trying to do it doesn't matter what side of the political fence you're on he's like hey this if we step on this earth we're gonna he said something like yeah. we step on this earth let's um you know try to try to make it better or something like that and and i, I just think it's a fantastic thing any idea when this thing is um, supposed to kick off nate I, I think the first – I think the dates of the races are in that story, Dado. I, I think okay. it's January. I think it's late January is, is the first race. Oh, I'm and, sorry. You're right. January 23rd, and, 24th um, yeah. in, in uh, Senegal. Um, in Dakar. Okay, yeah. The yeah, original Dakar. location of the Dakar rally. Yeah. 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 Well, that's so, pretty that's, awesome. Let's um, switch gears. Oh, by the way, uh, real quick um, – Di Silvestro is one of my favorite. I'm not a big IndyCar fan, but I- I've watched her over the years. She's extremely tough. Um, yeah. I saw her in a fire there at Texas Motor Speedway a couple years ago and um, terrible crash and got out. She's one of those fringe drivers that I think if she has some pretty decent equipment, she's got the guts and the intestinal yeah. fortitude. I think. I mean, I'm actually kind of excited because I think we can see some um, uh, some good racing and, and maybe some familiar names pop up. Let me take you over here to. Uh, let's let's stay in out of NASCAR for a second and and go with IndyCar. They're supposedly going to open up um, uh, in Texas the first weekend in June, which they they've done for years and years and years. Um, that's going to be their first race. Eddie Gossage says that the payout. I, I believe I heard him say that the payout may not be as as big as it normally was. Can or, or is is that true? Right. And can you expand on that? Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know much about how IndyCar mm-hmm. does its purses and its payouts. Like I know that they they have something called like a leader's circle mm-hmm. program, which I, I think is kind of like the, the IndyCar version of the NASCAR charter system. Yeah, that has guaranteed money for teams that run all of the races. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's a little similar to NASCAR in that there's there's there are more guarantees than there used to be. It's not all based on purses. But yeah, I, yeah. Eddie Gossage told me that. Uh, Texas Motor Speedway is paying a reduced sanctioning fee. He didn't say how much reduced, but obviously yeah. that's going to affect the purse. Sure. And if, if the track is given the series less cash, then there's yeah. going to be less money available to uh, the drivers' teams to win. Have you talked to anybody in IndyCar uh, about? Um, you know, I, I assume everybody's chomping at the bit like 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 normal. But are they excited to get started out there in, yeah. in that thing? No matter what, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, you know, I talked to um, when I talked to Mike Hull for the the, the story mm-hmm. we just discussed. That was on the day um, that Chip Ganassi Racing had opened up their shop for the first time in gotcha. you know, virtually two months, and yeah. that was that was May sixth. So that was one month to the day that they should be racing at Texas Motor Speedway. And yeah. as uh, as Mike Hull described it, like. <laughs> 
you know, the the logistical and paperwork hurdles of, of going through the process of they're based in Marion County, Indiana, Indianapolis, and they still had some, some sort of stay-at-home order that yeah. was in effect, even though Indiana's had been. So they had to go through IndyCar and get proper documentation to get mm-hmm. approved. All of that got done. But and Hull said that part was easy. Like the hard part was like, like now you have like all these type. You have a room full of type A personalities, yeah. human bulldozers as he called them, and we uh, have to figure out a way to sort of like rein them in after they haven't yeah. been working in the shop for two months. But yeah. yeah, there's clearly, if anything, there's there's probably too much passion and enthusiasm at this point. But they're they're raring to go. Well, that's good news. And since we're um, since we're here at Chip Ganassi Racing, I didn't actually call you to talk about this, but. Um, does Kyle Larson race in NASCAR in 2020? I don't know, man. I like. I, I guess now, apparently, he's completed the training, so I think that the suspension can get lifted. Um, so he's. I think. I think we'll see that hurdle get cleared. I don't. I, there's no time. I've been told, you know, off the record that yeah. there's no time frame. He's been given no time frame on. Um, NASCAR on when they're going to de- determine that he'll come back. I don't. Yeah. It, it, if I, and this is my opinion, I I don't mm-hmm. know if NASCAR is any rush to um, yeah. lift the suspension and reinstate him. But I think he will get reinstated this year. Now, getting reinstated is much different from getting a yeah. ride or taking a ride. So, yeah. well, we'll I, I, reinstatement, as you say, is one thing. Um, actually, getting a ride and being able to do something is a completely different thing. It's I would find it hard to believe that he could find a top tier sponsor, or at this point, even a even a um, uh, a, a, a seat, uh, you know, a team or that sort of thing. I don't. I personally don't think it was is even smart for him to come back in in 2020. I, there's, I, and we were talking about it in a group thread, and I, I texted my buddies that. With the pandemic going on, hell, he doesn't even have much of an opportunity to go out and do some goodwill into some of the um, minority yeah. communities and that sort of thing because they're not having any big events or, or something like that. So it's going to be even you know, a little bit harder for him to do that. Now, yeah, I know he's been supposed to race in a World of Outlaws race, but did I hear today that maybe the Knoxville, Knoxville races aren't going on? Did I hear that correct? Did, did, do you know anything about that? I know, no, they're still happening. They're, um, okay. I, they they shifted some of them around. Like they initially were going to run outlaws, I think, on consecutive weeks, gotcha. and I think the okay. second week got you know things are still in flux here. But yeah, as far as I know, uh, outlaws are still scheduled to go and and go and they're supposed to have limited crowds at some of these events by the end of the month. So yeah, that's going to be uh, interesting. See how yeah. that rolls out. Um, let them be the guinea pigs. Um, uh, one last question. I didn't even think about this, but. Matt Kenseth is coming into the 42. He is going to drive just like the rest of the field uh, of the of the Cup field into Turn One at Darlington with zero practice, zero 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 shakedown. Um, he's going to go straight from not racing in a year and and missing four races this year to jump right in there. I think. Forget about what I think. What would you consider? What would Chip Ganassi Racing consider a a good day um, uh, at the end of Darlington? What would be a good day for them? I think for Kenza's top fifteen, uh, but it would not surprise me if he pulled that off. By the way, because okay. he's 
he's a Hall of Fame driver. I just wish that – so they announced Kenseth, like, what, that was like a, a Monday, and then yeah. two or three days late. Three days later, I think, NASCAR announced the Darlington plan. So yeah. I only wish the Darlington plan had been around before Kenseth got announced because then when we interviewed him, we all could have asked him the question you just asked him. Yeah. And it would have been worth it just to get the dry <laughs> – yeah. With, and, you know, the, the yeah. answer to that, if you could ask Matt Kenseth, we could pull him on right now and have it, ask him yeah. that question, we would get the best answer probably of the year. So. Yeah, and that is very unfortunate. Um, I personally yeah. think <laughs> if he could get a top 20 and keep the car clean, um, I think everybody would probably be happy because that would, that would give them a, a – I mean, I think they would look very much forward to the rest of the season if he could get in there with a top 20. But the fact of the matter is – and I made the point on the podcast um, a week or so ago that the fact of the matter is I think Kyle Larson probably could have had, oh, maybe a handful of more wins, maybe maybe, maybe three, maybe four more wins in his, in his bag if it wasn't for his style of racing maybe that, you know, kind of got him a little bit in trouble. And I think Matt Kenseth brings an element that actually could – make that team a little bit better. Now, Rob Lope said today on the on our podcast that when we recorded that the biggest issue they may have over there is Matt Kenseth maybe has walked near his new crew chief before. He's obviously never had any, any yeah. race communication or anything like that. But if you are going to predict um, Matt Kenseth's season, is, is he a top 15 driver walking right in here at the end of the year? This is weird for me, Dado, because I usually – I don't root for drivers, but I root for mm-hmm. storylines. So yeah. it's hard for me to look at this objectively because I think Kenseth didn't get to go out on his own terms the first two times yep. his career, quote-unquote, ended. Yeah. And I think he deserves to kind of go out on his own terms. So I, I hope it works out for him. I mean, I would yeah. love to see him win a race. I would love to see him make the playoffs. I would love to see him contend for a title mm-hmm. in what will probably be his final season, I would think. But you're right, like – and Rob's right. There's, there's huge hurdles – with Chad Johnston. Uh, Kenseth had said, like, he likes Johnston a lot. He's paid attention to how he's dealt with Larson. But he also joked that, you know, Kenseth said, hey, I need a translator um, because I've, I've got that Wisconsin accent. And yeah. the first few races with a new crew chief, it's, it's I'm hard to understand on the radio. And he just he's yeah. cognizant of that, that there could be at least initially some, some barriers there to, uh, like, making sure things get communicated. But I would just, I mean, you know that, like, you know the way Kenseth is. I mean, like, yeah. If you asked him, like, hey, we're going to put you in a car and with a team you've never worked for before, and for no practice, first lap you make is in competition at Darlington, his answer would probably be like, oh, so you're saying I'm unprepared? Oh, well, let's see yeah. the other 500-something races I've done in my cup career. You know, he'd yeah. say something like that. He'd say something goofy or, you know. I imagine uh, him saying something like, but I, you're still going to let me use both arms? Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Something like Am that. Am I gonna have pedals? Like, like I do the carbon <laughs> steering wheel, you know, like something like that. But like, you know, a, a great thing. I don't know if you saw it this past week. Harvick, Kevin Harvick, was on a Sirius yeah. XM show, and he went out of his way to praise Kenseth's leadership qualities. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that has been severely underrated. Uh, we yeah. saw it at Gibbs. We saw the way that he was very subtle. He's not not outspoken. He's not demonstrative. Yeah. He's not in alpha. But he knows what he wants, and he knows how to lead a team. And he has said that that is one of the things he missed while he's been on the sidelines the last year and a half. He wanted to come back just to be a part of a team. So even if he doesn't produce great results on the track, I think he has a positive influence and impact on Ganassi. I personally, Nate, just so you know where I'm at, I predicted him a win, and I predicted that team to get better because, A, those other guys that are still on that team want to prove that they're there and it just wasn't Kyle Larson. The same I said when 
um, you know, when uh, Steve LaTarte left, I said, don't be surprised if Dale Jr. doesn't go out there and win a bunch of races because, A, Dale Jr. wants to make sure that everybody knows it wasn't just um, Steve LaTarte. And, hey, by the way, his new crew chief wants everybody to know he's pretty good, too. I can see a scenario in which a guy like Matt Kenseth could walk in there and actually make that team better because everybody is focused and are damn sure going to – there ain't going to be any bullshit over there in the 42 team. They're going to try to get that car exactly the way their driver wants it and go out there and contend for wins. And I personally believe that Matt Kenseth is going to win. You're going to have a great story to write, and it's I can't wait to see it. Let's go um, here and let's talk to about this schedule. Now, we know this – we don't know much about the schedule except that we're going to race like crazy here as soon as we start right out the gate. There's a lot of – I can't imagine – this. I can't imagine the TV side of things, but – uh, you know, trying to figure out everything with, with NASCAR. But NASCAR has to deal with all the different, you know, jurisdictions and municipalities and, you know, federal, state, local guidelines and all these kind of things. I, I, I'm glad that we're going to go back racing, Nate. I'm glad that we're going to send pit crews there. I'm glad there's a 10000 to $50,000 fine for somebody not following safety protocols. But I have said many times on, on my podcast that, I don't believe in 2020 NASCAR needs the stands full to to make it. I think they can make it as a as a as a sport with the, if they get the TV contracts in, they get the TV coverage, and and they can move it around. I think they actually have an opportunity maybe to pick up TV viewership since it's going to be one of the first things on the track. And anybody who knows anything about NASCAR knows that first. Day. I made the point today that that first um, that first pit cycle at Darlington, specifically that first lap, is going to be the most anticipated first pit cycle in all of NASCAR and NASCAR history, in my opinion. But I think we we NASCAR is actually in a good spot because of the things they've done with, unfortunately, streamlining their operations. Uh, they had to come with layoffs, obviously, but they bought different properties assets, these sorts of things, they're streamed, they're thin, they're ready to go, they're, they're able to move faster than they ever had before. Nate, if we can get all the races in, that the 36 races in, the playoffs and all that, with no fans in the stands, does NASCAR survive? Do they, what, what, how do you think about the NASCAR does as a sport in that scenario? Yeah, I, I I don't think anybody wants to see that scenario, Dotto. I mean, like, certainly not optimum, and it's certainly going to feel different. I mean, there's I mean, Dale Jarrett and Kyle Penny talked a lot about it on um, YouTube video for Na- the NASCAR America at Home videos we've been doing on YouTube, the uh, NBC Motorsports channel, if anybody wants to check it out, Motorsports on NBC. And they both said, you know, the, the atmosphere is probably going to be one of the biggest adjustments for drivers yeah. because not having fans there, even with – the reduction in, in crowds over the last 10 or 15 years. I mean, there's still yeah. tens of thousands of people at every race, and they make a lot yeah. of noise, and yeah. drivers and teams feed off of that. And it's not yeah. just the grandstands. It's it's the pits. It's the pit. victory lane. That's yeah. going to be even maybe the, the bigger differences. But, yeah. um, you know, we'll, to your question, does NASCAR survive? I, I think yes, because in many – I mean, you hit upon it, not just NASCAR, but in many ways all of professional sports are becoming – so much more TV oriented uh, mm-hmm. and everybody talks about like the declines in attendance, like across the board, not just NASCAR, but like NFL. I remember when I was at USA day, we did a big story on that a cover story like 10 years ago and people talking about like, why leave the comfort of your home and high yeah. definition television 
and air conditioning and surround mm-hmm. sound and cheap uh, beer, which yeah. I really appreciate. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, why fight traffic and battle crowds just to go watch it in person, even though there is the thrill of being there in person? Mm-hmm. I, I think that, uh, like, that, that's been – this. I, we don't know how we're going to come out of this pandemic. I mean, hopefully yeah. – well, hopefully as a nation we survive it in good order, but I think this could be one of the transformative things is that live sporting events as a whole get get changed. And maybe I, I, there, there has to be live crowds to some degree, but maybe the crowds won't be as big. And you might be right that NASCAR is well positioned in some ways for this because of that. And I, I, like, I think there's confusion. I've seen some things in mainstream media this week about NASCAR – trying just to seize the moment here that, Oh, they just want to be first back because they see it as like another shot at like the 1979 Daytona 500, you know, the first nationally televised race uh, flag to flag happens to be when there's a blizzard blizzard in the Northeast and a lot of people are home and millions more are watching it. I mean, there's some of that. Like I agree with Steve Phelps on Dale Jr.'s podcast. I think there are going to be more people watching who have never watched NASCAR before because Mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot more people stuck in their homes on that day in Darlington. But like, I don't think that's the reason NASCAR is doing this. It's not about seizing the yeah. moment. It's about survival, like you yes. said. Like, like NASCAR teams. NASCAR is not a, 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 a entity. Auto racing as a whole is not an entity. That's why NASCAR and IndyCar are both coming back here in the, in the short term. It, they can't go through long periods of inactivity because yeah. it's predicated on purse money and guaranteed money that comes from TV rights money that's based on races being televised, and it's predicated on corporate sponsorship. That sponsors aren't going to keep paying, <laughs> writing checks if teams sit at home. It's it's a different dynamic than every other professional sport. I mean, yeah. the NBA and Major League Baseball and the NFL and even the NHL to some degree, like they all have cash reserves and they're all mm-hmm. structured differently, yeah. and they're owned by like billionaires who can afford to like sit these things out for a, a little while longer. I mean, NASCAR has owners who have a lot of money, but Rick Hendrick's not going to sink however many millions upon he's not going to chase bad money after bad money you know you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah, yeah. it's a it's just totally different as it applies to nascar versus because the, the business model is just different in so many ways so yeah i mean like i i think you're right like i my answer to you would be if nascar can do the the next 32 races this year and they're all televised and you know, God forbid, none of them have fans. But like, if only uh, 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 only a few have fans, I I still think NASCAR survives. Well, I, I put it to you like this: I, I think if we can get through this year and and we can see what if this if we have another round of uh, COVID breakouts or whatever it is could be or that sort of thing. If NASCAR, if they can get these thirty-two races in, and and I don't see, you know. Why they, it seems like everybody is literally <laughs> bending over backwards from from what I understand with the TV networks and and I mean as much revenue as these towns and cities and these tracks uh, everybody around them they everybody wants this thing to move forward I, I think we're going to be okay and I think we we actually could grow a little bit the biggest thing that really sucks is that as a guy who's been in the in the pits before. I mean, just watching somebody glue lug nuts on a damn tire is is fantastic. Or, or seeing, yeah. I, made, I made the thing is like seeing, you know, Bob Pocker is, you know, chase down somebody for a report. Like, oh, my God, there's Bob Pocker. Oh, God, there's, yeah. you know, it just, you know, that not being down here to see that is an element that, man, I wish everybody had the opportunity to see. But we can get back racing. 
I think we're going to be okay. I promised that I would keep you to 20-ish minutes. We are now um, on 35-ish <laughs> minutes. Um, I appreciate right, it. We are re- for, for everybody out there, we're recording this at 1022 at night. And so I appreciate you, Nate Ryan, very much for, for coming on. And, by the way, um, your Kyle Petty, I've always been a Dale Jarrett fan. I've always liked Dale Jarrett. But Kyle yeah. Petty in the last two or three years, um, and I, and I, listen, I could be completely talking out of my ass because it wouldn't be the first time, but ever since you and he started interacting together, I've liked that guy a hell of a lot more. And <laughs> I like what he does with his, his music and putting out songs and stuff like that. And um, I, I just, watching your broadcasts and your shows and everything is just a fantastic thing. I'm, I'm very appreciative you could come on here and talk to us about this and um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm sure you're looking forward to getting back to whatever normal is moving forward. But um, hey, I, and I guess this this will be the last question. But do you have any idea at all? And I know you may not be able to say, but do you have any idea when NASCAR is on NBC is coming back? I don't. Um, I, I I guess it's wait and see. I mean, obviously. We certainly hope to be back um, in the summer when our, you know our our original schedule was intended yeah. to begin um, late June, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the exact starting date will be. It might still be you know because NASCAR hasn't released any schedule beyond these yeah. next four races through Darlington and Charlotte. So I mean, hopefully once we get certitude on, on what NASCAR's schedule is going to look like, then um, the rest of the TV schedule will get firmed up. But uh, you know, as soon as that happens, I mean, all I can say to you is that, I mean, I, I am really, really hopeful. I, unfortunately, there are no guarantees these days, are there anymore, Gatto? But if yeah. if I could guarantee one thing, it's that if there is NASCAR in 2020, you know, and mm-hmm. goes into the summer, you will see it on NASCAR and NBC and NBCSN. So uh, I wish I could provide more uh, more firm details. But I always do appreciate you, um, uh, your compliments and you being a viewer and uh I'll pass that along to KP, who is yeah, uh, I'm sure a he's great dying coworker, to know. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's dying to know. Hey, one last thing. I, I, I know I said one last thing, uh, two last things okay. ago, but um, what do you got coming up um, that uh, on, on your podcast that you may be uh, – that are you able to are you able to give us any hints of who's coming up here in the next few weeks? I, 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 that was another uh, place where I wish I had, like, certainty <laughs> and, and had, like, a lineup that I could I could give you. I really don't. I, I might have somebody um, soon this coming week. Um, I'm working on getting an, a Toyota guest, um, mm-hmm. but, but I haven't really. And, and you know, we had Chris Gabehart, Denny Hamlin's crew sure. chief on last week, and had Parker Kligerman on before that talking i racing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I kind of just been laying low because even though nothing is happening on track, I've actually been really busy with trying to keep yeah. up with news and everything like that, and kind of yep. seeing how things unfold here. But I'm hoping to get back into a more regular schedule with drivers. Maybe I should have you on, man, because... Yeah, you should uh, definitely have me on there, because I, I can keep all your listeners straight with the I just gave you 40 minutes. I feel like you owe me 40 minutes. At this <laughs> I, point I do. Here. And by the way, I would, put, uh, I would nominate Parker Kligerman to drive one of those cars, uh, one of those Extreme <laughs> E-Series cars. Uh, I think he might, yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it would be fun as hell to, uh, to, to debrief and listen to on all the, the craziness that happens out there. But Nate Ryan... Uh, appreciate everything you do. Catch him on NASCAR on NBC. Follow him at Nate Ryan on Twitter. Buddy, I appreciate you very much. Have a good weekend, bub. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Always a pleasure. See ya. With all this craziness going on in the world right now, we appreciate you spending a little time with us. Before you leave, take
take a minute and check out this new song by Gael Boom and Alex Hobbs. Here's End of the World. Yeah. Turning off my TV, shit's getting rough. All the service negativity, I think I had enough. I got my own demons that I'm still dealing with. And if you still wanna be here, I gotta make one thing clear. Don't just say you love me, show me. You say that you're with me, then prove me. I'm really trying to find my fears, but it's getting scary out here. I don't wanna be alone tonight. Baby, hold me tight tonight. Oh, come on, baby, make love to me. Like it's the end of the world. Oh, like it's the end of the world. Oh, like it's the end 